Hi, I'm Paige Hobart and this is SEO in 2023. Paige, what is your number one SEO tip for 2023? My tip for 2023 uh, is born out of a little bit of frustration uh, from the past few years and it's better understanding your content for SEO and making sure you actually understand what you're producing and why. Okay, now you always say that the word content is massively overused. What do you mean by that? Oh, I hate the word content. Um, some of you might know me from the SEO Set Features Glossary. I'm very much all about trying to help beginners and experienced people in SEO all use the same language. If we're all speaking from the same hymn book, we all understand what it is we're trying to achieve and what we're producing. So the word content, is just too broad. It just describes too many things. And I have been asked by many clients over many years, oh, let's do content. And every single client will have a slightly different understanding of what that is, what they want from that, what it means. So I just want us all to kind of really understand and dig down into what content is, why it is, why you're producing it, what it's supposed to be doing for you. So what's a better word for content? (laughs) Um, I think you can get more specific. Uh, let's talk about website content, like website pages. Is it a product page? Is it a category page? Is it uh, timely content? Is it a guide? Let's dig down into, yes, it's all content, but dig down into what it is and why you're producing it. What is it supposed to be doing? And a lot of the time it's rankings for SEOs. Like we want that content to rank for a certain keyword or group of keywords. Or we want that content to convert. We want that user to buy that content, to buy that product, to be inspired by something. Or we don't want it to do any of those things. And we just want to be able to put something out there that shows that we're experts in our industry, that we have an opinion, that we should be a thought leader. And that's valuable too. It might not rank for anything, but it's still valuable inherently to us as SEOs. Okay, so obviously producing content for content's sake isn't a good idea. But how do you actually go about mapping out what you're creating and prioritizing what you're doing? So I actually created a map. It's slightly based off of something that you've actually created, David. So (laughs) I took a lot of inspiration from your pump and funnel model and I produced a white paper when I was still working for Roast. So you'll find it on the Roast website, a white paper about what is content. And in there, I've done a map of right into these boxes what this content that you're producing fits each of these descriptions. So you can really dig down into, okay, what is that content? And more importantly, what's its KPI? What's it supposed to be doing for you? Is it possible to measure the KPI of every piece of content? I think so. I think so. Like some KPIs are softer than others, right? Like rankings, KPI. Conversions, KPI. Coverage, views, links, KPIs. Like they don't have to all do the same thing. They shouldn't all do the same thing but there should be at least one goal that that piece of content is trying to achieve. So you also talk about the importance of content across the entire business not just SEO so how does SEO get itself involved with that and it it does it have the right to get involved with content all over the business? I think we have to like shifting from agency to in-house has been a huge eye-opener in how inherent we are in every single element. I am currently writing a web page, just one page for this entire website, 
and I'm speaking to the sales team, the implementation team, the client success team, the product team. Everybody has a right for that website to work for them. And I think it's the SEO's goal to tie it all together in a way that makes sense to users and to search engines and make sure that that content then performs and hits those KPIs. Yeah, that's great. And it obviously gets people involved in the production of the content almost and actually gets them buying into the purpose of the content and I guess more likely to talk about the content and hopefully even refer people to viewing the content at the same time and and and, and building the brand because of that. Um, so what yeah. kind of conversations have you had with sales teams? How, how do you initiate those conversations and what information are you seeking from them? So sales teams and the product teams, I'm asking, because I'm looking at one page, which is just one feature of what we sell. So for this example is the employee app feature. So I'm asking, okay, sales teams, what are the common questions that you're getting asked to? Like, what are the prospects asking you about this, this particular feature? Then I'm asking the client success teams, how are your clients doing? What have they solved? What problems have they fixed by using this feature that I can then take a nice little quote, ideally boost those CRO scores on the uh, on the page, show that we have really cool clients that have really succeeded using this. What else? The product team, what are the key features? What are people looking for? Like, is it something that integrates with iOS and Android? Let's make sure that that's front and center. All of this information that as an SEO, I don't, I don't know the ins and outs of all of this stuff, but I can bring it all together in a really optimized way. So what happens if your sales or client success teams use phraseology that um, doesn't measurably get any significant search volume? And you have a look and you can find different ways of saying things that perhaps might have the potential based upon keyword research tools to drive more traffic. Do you use the phraseology that sales teams suggests or your keyword research tools? So common, like David, I know you're B2B as well. Phraseology is such a common issue for SEO. The, the phrase that you're using internally is not the language your customers are using. And I think educating the teams and helping us all, again, sing from the same hymn sheet, making sure that we're all using the same language and being able to guide people to say, okay, we might call it that, but actually the customers are still calling it this. And you should be able to get that buy-in from people like the sales teams. What are your customers asking you? Not what you're saying to them. What are they asking you about? So is creating content based upon the types of questions that your typical customers ask? Is, is that the type of content that should be created first? Should you be creating more generic sales pages first or, or other a higher search volume content first? I think it's all it's all the same thing. I want my sales page to contain those common questions. I want them to to cover those those really common FAQs that if you're thinking about that specific feature or that specific product, you've landed on that page, it's not efficient for them to then go through to the sales team and ask the same questions all the time. So if I can put them front and center on that page and just make everybody's life a little bit easier, we're going to have more qualified leads and save the sales team's time. And, and do you try to integrate the content that you're having created, that you're creating in other areas that the business produces. So perhaps the business produces hard copy content, perhaps copy for trade shows. Um, that's not necessarily crawled by search engines. So do you try to uh, ensure that the phraseology and the style of content that is created 
is matched across the whole organization? I think you should, particularly when you're talking about technical features, have a good a good phraseology. However, it all goes back to those KPIs. What What is that piece of content trying to achieve? If it's thought leadership and you're using a few lofty terms, then that's fine. Like it doesn't have to necessarily always match. You can have a bit of freedom depending what the KPI is, depending what the goal of that is. If you want it to rank and you want it to convert and be really clear, then let's make it really clear. If you want it to be thought of as something other than and a bit more loftier, then yeah, go a bit more go a bit more creative. Do you have any pushback from anyone in the business thinking, I'm not involved with creating content. I don't have any opinion about that. You just do your marketing thing and I'll go and um, do my sales thing or or customer service thing. (laughs) Well, it's only been two weeks so far. I I know. Okay, okay. Okay, okay. (laughs) Maybe maybe even if you did have that kind of pushback, you wouldn't necessarily want to admit it. But maybe in general, (laughs) if an organization or if an SEO in an organization did have that kind of pushback, do you attempt to sell SEO and the value of SEO by talking about Google rankings? Or is there any way that you would recommend an SEO getting better buy-in from those conversations? Yeah, Joe, that's really interesting. I was recommended a few books as well to read before I went in-house. I think there's a really good one by Eli, Eli Schwartz about product SEO. Product you SEO, should all yeah. read. Yeah, yeah. So it just really helps you understand like the internal thinking. But I'm lucky where I am that collaboration is something that them as a culture is really pushing. So inviting people to give me their opinions. Everyone's kind of got an opinion. Everyone's got one. And they might not see it come to fruition in the way that they're thinking, but I think at least giving them, giving everyone the opportunity to voice that opinion, you'll always get something. It, even if it's not hugely helpful, at least you've engaged with those people in your team and in your company. So has the SEO job role completely changed then? Have they got to be more of a, an internal consultant, liaising between different departments and not so technically focused nowadays? Oh, that's a question. Now, I have, as you know, worked in agency for over seven years. So consulting is kind of what I've always done. But now I'm in it. I'm kind of under the skin as opposed to just this external insect buzzing around going, please do this, please do this. And then not seeing anything once it goes inside. It's really interesting coming, as some of my SEO colleagues would have said, to the dark side of in-house. Just to actually put a web page together, like go into the CMS, actually build it, mock up things, bring people into conversations, go and find people to talk to. I do think an in-house SEO is a very different role to like an agency SEO, but I don't think we have to be less technical. I think tech should always be your foundation of what you're doing and why, because you're going to need to use that to back yourself up. Like if people are like, oh, that doesn't look very nice though, and you're like, well, you're going to need it anyway. <laughs> Style it how you like. <laughs> Agency SEOs, Paige Hobart thinks that you're an external insect. <laughs> oh no, that's going down in history. Yeah, I guess I, you you just give people, you, you say as an agency SEO, you're paying me for my opinion, here it is. And not every time do clients then implement that or they'll implement some things but not other things. And it, I think most agency SEOs will find that very common and very incredibly frustrating. So it is a very different step change going in-house to 
just going, well, you pay me for my opinion. Here it is. Like, please do it. But I can't. I literally can't force you to. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> please. Please, please. <laughs> so you've shared what SEO should be doing in 2023. Now let's talk about what SEO shouldn't be doing. So what's something that's seductive in terms of time, but ultimately counterproductive? Something that SEO shouldn't be doing in 2023? Oh, content for content's sake oh my god it's such a frustration when people just publish there's still a lot of that mentality of oh i have to do a blog post every day i have to do a blog post every day because for seo and then i go no stop doing that like if you're publishing every day but your industry does not need you to do that you're not saying anything of genuine interest nothing genuinely helpful it's just the same churned out crap that everyone else is talking about like the same old top 10 lists for everything that everybody does i just want everyone to think what am i doing what is it trying to achieve is it genuinely helpful to my users or my community are the days of an opinion-based corporate blog numbered i don't think so i just think you have to actually have an opinion like corporate blogs are often just Stop being bland. Like, actually have an opinion. I like to use Martin Lewis from Money Saving Expert as a perfect example. Like, what a spokesperson. What an author for your EAT signals to be out there having an opinion, talking in the press. Like, that's an SEO's dream to have an author on your website that is that prominent. Like, let's all be more Martin Lewis. (laughs) Can you you teach someone? Can you train someone to be like that? Or do they have to be innate? I don't know. I think you have to find those people in your organization that are willing and confident to do that, but also create that safe space. Like I I was that person for Roast for many years where I would go out to events, I would represent the company, and I would stand on stage and give people my opinion. Even today, (laughs) I'm giving my opinion because I've been brought up in a way in my industry to feel that it's okay to do that. Like Especially SEO, everyone tries stuff not everything works out for everybody but it's a safe community for us to have those conversations and to build on each other's work Paige Hobart is SEO manager at Unily and you can find her over at unily.com Paige thanks so much for being part of SEO in 2023 thank you so much David it's an absolute pleasure get your copy of SEO in 2023 the book over at seoin2023.com 